absolutely nothing. Oh, and there she is. Hi. Come in. Hi. Yeah. Good, how are you? You look amazing, and it sounds so good. Good to see you. We've been using your lockout. Thank you. <laughs> well, we, we'll use it anytime you'll have us. Thanks for coming by today. Thanks for having me. I always say I know that getting around LA and, try and going and doing things is, is pretty courageous. I think Saturday was a good <laughs> choice because we originally were going to do it yesterday, right? I think so, yeah. Something like that. Saturday is a breeze. Yeah, this it is. Compared, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. this took like, when I first checked, this is such a Los Angeles conversation, but when I first checked, <laughs> whatever, I almost said MapQuest. I don't know MapQuest. Waze or Maps, whatever. Waze, yeah. Yeah. Maps, it said 24 minutes. And then I walked to my car and then it instantly went up 10 minutes. I was like, how... Had that happen, but I'm used to it. It's fine. Weekends are hit or miss, for sure. And especially coming over here on the 101. Oh yeah, the 101. It's just Oof. It does not move. Those numbers 101 will like forever haunt me. Yes. It might it, you know? And the one, the ten, the what is it? The All the one, ones and the zeros. The ten, the 101. Yeah. The 110, the 134. Yeah. Jeez. Terrible. Yeah, this is very uh, Los Angeles, California. Uh, conversation. Yeah, but it's a <laughs> it's a real thing because you spend so. Much, I mean, there's times of the day where I just like will not go anywhere. Yeah. Because it's uh, you're it's a waste of time. Yeah. So. Don't blame me at all. No. That's why I always you know like thank you. I know it's. No. It's it would. I'd have to do like a whole pep talk if I was going to go to to someone else's place and do a podcast. I'd have to psych myself up and get. I kind of have to doing one anyways but especially if i had to go i feel like it's at, like you're at war every time you you turn your car on and that's like all right you're fucking loading up the ammo let's i can do it i can get there and be okay yeah it's one of those things to that uh, the second location but that's why i have coffee there you go i mean whatever it takes yeah i'll do it how many are you like a three coffee Ugh. three cups a day four cups a day it's so bad um so i I've been like trying to balance it out where now if I have a cup of coffee, I have a glass of water thinking like, oh, well, it's going to help me drink more water, but I'm really just dehydrating myself all the time. So if it's, if it's like, if I have a show or something I need to do at night, it's kind of like I lose count, but I, it's usually around four. So, Let's just okay. say that feels like a good number, but probably five or six dang <laughs> yeah but it's it's one of those things where like i don't notice it like i don't crash i don't drink that much so it's like if it's caffeine i, don't, I feel like there's so many worse things to be taking yeah definitely that definitely. i'll i'll do i'll do coffee that sounds so yeah stupid, there's nothing wrong with coffee yeah i guess everyone's tolerances are different you yeah know? and i feel like the more you drink it the you know years and years you can start you, you know, from like I couldn't do six cups. There's no fucking way. Yeah. Well, you gotta <clears throat> have a heart know, attack. You gotta but, ease up. You know. Yeah. You gotta but, get to. You got to get to my level. Yeah. You got a <laughs> high tolerance. Don't, actually, don't because I go through so much coffee and like that's I spend a lot of money on coffee now, which is fine. But um, I remember about two years ago, I went on this kick of um, 
I'm just going to stop doing everything I like just to see how I feel. So I stopped eating sugar, which was actually a good thing because I have a horrible sweet tooth that was like affecting Ooh, my yeah. mood. Like mm -hmm. I would like have a tantrum and then like catch myself and like be very disappointed. It was bad. So yeah. that, that was a good yeah. thing of this bizarre phase I went through. But then for some reason I zeroed in on coffee and I, to be, to be honest, I did it for six months, which is like now looking back, that's a really long time to not be on caffeine. Yeah, but that is. That's impressive. I hated it and it was awful. Like I learned nothing yeah. except <laughs> it was just you're never gonna do that again. Was never. that what you learned? Because I thought it would make me sleep. It would help my sleep, and it didn't really. I I don't know why I did it. I wanted to try it. I did it, and I'm glad that I stuck to it because I like if I make a commitment to myself, I'd like to follow through. Yeah. Just to see if I can, and I think it's a good exercise anyway to just yeah, like for sure. follow through. Yeah. It was awful. Don't do it. Yeah. Because I tried that. Yeah. Like, I still, okay, it wasn't, I didn't cut caffeine out. It was coffee. So everybody was like, oh, matcha tea. So I tried it. I was like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, it doesn't do the same thing. No, and it's just like makes your mouth taste weird and it's expensive. And I, yeah, no, there is nothing like coffee. No, there isn't. No. I was just talking to someone the other day about that. I forget who, but. I feel like the buzz from coffee is an entire body. Oh, yeah. It's a sensation where tea is more just like a, I feel it in my eyes. That's it. Yeah. Like I feel like my eye, like, you know. Uh-huh. It's a different stimulation. Yeah, totally different. Yeah. It makes and, your uh, teeth yeah. brown. Yeah, I, I don't know. Coffee so thing. are you a tea guy? I like coffee and tea both yeah. equally. I, I drink one cup of coffee every morning. Okay, and that's it. And that's, that's it. Cut off. And I actually... I've been trying so hard to not do coffee, but I can't. I'm down to one cup. That's good. And it's actually just one shot of espresso with a lot of water in it. Uh huh. So I don't even see the water. I don't tend. I tend to not even finish it. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying, but yeah. I need. I need it, or else I'm the same as you. I just luckily I'm, I'm down to one cup, and I, I'm cool with that. Mm -hmm. And I do like a tea at night. I like tea at night. I do too. I my thing is ginger tea. Yeah. That's like my come down. Um, espresso I find makes me tired. Really? Uh huh. It doesn't. When I, whenever I'm in Europe, I, oh, I that's a, I know people love espresso, and especially you know you're in Europe. I wonder what it that feels is. Feels so romantic to drink it there, but I'm always like I, I'm the American person just like looking for like drip coffee. A big gulp. Of yeah, I and like I, <laughs> I always am vaguely embarrassed, but I'm at the. I don't care anymore because it's like that's what I, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have espresso, but. For some reason, I'll, I'll take, I almost said I'll take that. I'll drink it. See, this is like, I'm like, I have like an <laughs> addict brain about it. Um, I'll well, drink it. Well, it's addictive as fuck. It is. And yeah. like, yeah, it's, it, I'll drink the espresso and then just feel exhausted. Interesting. Yeah. I think I maybe because there's is. no water, there's like less water. Like how yeah, you maybe. add water. I don't know. It, it's not my thing. Interesting. I've never heard anyone say that. I know. I usually it's the other way around. Like it's even more. Yeah. You know, invigorating than coffee, but that's interesting. Yeah, it doesn't do, it doesn't do the same thing. It must be tricky because how, how much have you been in Europe? Have a you gone a lot? A like, lot over the the last couple of years, I've been a bunch, and in the UK as well. Last year, I was there a lot. 
for a long time. That's actually where I uh, mixed my record. Oh, cool. And that was super fun. And again, I was just like looking for the coffee. Yeah, it's tricky out there. But it's all espresso, isn't it? Yeah. I haven't been there enough to know, but I, I, I heard it's just coffee is just espresso. Yeah. There. And then they look at you and they have these things like a flat white. And I remember ordering that and being like, what the hell yeah, is this? Flat, yeah. But to be honest with you, it's got to the point where I travel with my own French pressing coffee. <laughs> I don't fucking care. Yeah, that's badass. I get, I you got to do what you got to do, you know? Yeah, and I've become <laughs> that person. Like, I know what I like, and I just, I stay with it. Yeah, that's good. That's actually really smart. You wind up, because for how much I drink, I love that this has just become about coffee. Because it's, I spend so much time, like, thinking about it that it's, like, this part of me that, like, clearly I need to talk about because I spend so hey, much time like yeah and even on tour like I I bring it and I like clean out my French press at like the um the gas station yeah, yeah places yeah. and they always stare at me and they get mad because I clog the drain and like you know that's <laughs> just my my little tour that's funny perk I guess coffee yeah oh, coffee's yeah. pretty great it I is. wonder if if I feel like people that are really into coffee mm-hmm tend to be really into just stimulating things in general. I think so. Right? I think it's really fun. One of my favorite things to do around five or six, like it has to be dark. And then I make a pot of coffee and then I'll just sit down with my guitar and then I'm like, this is the greatest thing I've ever written. I mean, you're just like, yeah, it's a euphoric yeah. feeling. Sometimes something comes out of that, but also it just is good for me to just practice playing guitar that way. Just yeah. like really high on caffeine yeah it's fun whatever it takes you know i used to love it i used to drink a lot i used to be the same way i was like way into coffee and then it just started backfiring on me it's probably a good thing yeah so what would happen to you um like just like tremors my whole body would start shaking yeah you know heart beating sweating get like really sweaty yeah something about too much coffee i'll start just yeah it's a so, physical reaction. Yeah, it's very physical. Yeah. It's great, though. It's a weird balance. You know, it's it's a lot like drinking where you have to know what your limit. Yeah. Kind of stick to it. So I'm, I'm doing all right with one cup. One cup in the morning doesn't seem to do anything that negative. Yeah. There's times I've done two cups in the morning and I'll, I'll like, flip out. Yeah, so, I've seen that happen to people. Yeah. But it's good. If you know what works for you, stick with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I always recommend. You You should write a little memoir, coffee memoir. Well, do you know how fast (laughs) I could write it if I had the right coffee? (laughs) (laughs) There you go. How, uh, (laughs) I would read that. I'd read your memoir on coffee. I, but then I probably would read it and I'd be so inspired to drink coffee. I'd I'd fucking gulp down four cups and then have a nervous breakdown. It's like my friends when they were doing drugs and they didn't have drugs, they would read like autobiographies of musicians when they were on drugs because they were like, I want to I want to feel that way again. And it's really strange. It's weird what addiction will do to your brain. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Good or bad. Yeah. How was um, how was the residency at bootleg? It was so much fun. I had no idea what to expect because like anything, it was a lot of work. And sometimes when you're just really just putting your head down and just working and you know not thinking of what's going to come of it it was it was tough because i'm not a booker and i booked that all by myself and i don't know it's gotta be stressful i don't know if you've (laughs) ever booked bands before but sometimes sometimes 
bands don't reply to you like in a timely manner yeah. and luckily a lot of these bands did and everybody who played was great but it was just it's difficult to um to book something by yourself especially if that's not your skill yeah, set and of course that's kind of like a learned skill that you you have to yeah. figure out being in a band obviously but it was so much fun like by the last night i was glad when it was over because like i felt like i got everything out of it that i needed to yeah and playing four local shows in a month it, it doesn't sound like a lot but it, it was a yeah lot. it is it sure. was a lot because it's like you're hosting a party every week yeah and you're the contact for that show not only are you headlining the show but the bootleg is basically like here you go yeah open slate have, have fun band person mm -hmm. and that like for real like that's what it was so it was just like I figured it out and it was so much fun. That's awesome. Yeah, and this year I've been gone on tour so much that as soon as I knew I was gonna do this residency, I was like, man, I don't know any local bands right now. So that took a little bit of time to like figure out who was here. Yeah. And then also who would play for free because I didn't have a budget. That's yeah. also the- That's tricky too. Yeah. And I understand people wanna get paid, but I didn't even get paid, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that was really cool. It was cool to see who would just do it for the the fun of it again yeah and yeah. that's what i always like because i played so many free shows in the beginning that I, I never even thought to ask for money yeah and sometimes i'm like wow they're gonna pay me for this yeah don't tell anybody though yeah it's a weird i don't know what it is when a band gets to the point where you know you you've been i'm sure you've been there where you get to the point where you can't play for free there's a threshold you right, where you're yeah. just like, I can't do that or I can't do it for under this amount of money. Right. It's an interesting line to cross. And as I respect a band, that. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I think you should have that. You should know when to draw that line and you should get up to that point. But there's some bands and I'm, I'm not like saying anything negative, but like I had never really heard of them and they were already like asking for like crazy amount of money. And I was yeah. like, wow. Like, That's what I mean. I don't know when the right time is to start to, to cross that line. It's tricky. There's times I've felt like in the past with bands I've been in, it was way too late. Like yeah. we should have been asking for more <clears throat> early on. And then there was times if maybe it was too early, you know, and it just like kind of was an issue. Maybe that's why the band, I, I really think a lot of bands that play a lot, their budget or how they go into playing shows is just as important as just how good they are. Absolutely. If people, because if you're asking for a thousand dollars and you're the Jimmy Johns, no one's gonna book you. You're, you're never gonna play. Yeah. Nothing's ever gonna. It's just nothing's gonna permeate. Right. You know, but you play for free and you're this awesome band and you start pulling in people, then you have the problem of you know, all the booking agents and talent buyers and all these taking advantage of you. Yeah. So it's a weird, uh, the managers are tricky and that's when they come into play. Mm -hmm. You can't tell if they have your best interest or not. Things get fucking weird. I just right? think everybody's looking out for themselves. And if you accept that, it's not as evil as it might seem. But I do think that you have to, you have to develop a skill of knowing your worth even if that is saying, okay, I'm going to do this for free. Cause that's part of it. Cause you need to get something out of that. It's an exchange really. Like, yeah, I don't look, if I say, I'm, okay, I'm going to do this for free. I know that there's something beneficial for me, even if it's, I'm going to have fun. So yeah. I think 
it's sort of jaded to just always want money. I agree. And it, it kind totally of agree. ruins it. Like if I was doing this for money, I would have quit so long ago. Yeah. So that's what I mean. Like when I'm amazed that sometimes like, oh, to get paid because I love doing it. Yeah. So like I would do it for free sometimes. Yeah. But they don't know that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's not being a good business person. Yeah. It's, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's also just the way of the music industry. It's so fucking, cause a lot, I don't know. A lot of times I don't mean to, uh, play devil's advocate with you but i feel like there was there have been times in the past where i've played for free Mm -hmm. and i'm sure your shows were had draw and there's people there and they're spending money right at the venue buying drinks and stuff like that and you have a whole bands four or five bands just not there's there's times i've thought like this is fucked like they're using the exposure card with me that that's the reason why i should play right and I just feel like there's a lot of venues across the world probably that use the, oh, it's going to be good for exposure. It's going to be, uh, that's a bullshit card to me. I think so. I know what you're saying. I think saying. the exposure card is, is total bullshit. Right. Um, so yeah, I don't know. It's a weird, I've never been able to distinguish when, when that is. And I, I'm, I'm basically at this point, I just don't give a fuck about right. it. I, you know, I never have anyways, but I just don't, you know whatever. Yeah. Well, the way that I went into this was I had only played this whole year. I started this project in my mind live, the live part of it last February, and I'd only played three shows. So nobody knew me here. Like they knew that I went on tour and then I was always gone. So to me, it was like, well, they haven't seen me. So I'm just going to do this. I'm going to put together bills that my rule for this though, is that I wanted to have bills, the shows to be curated, curated in a way that I would want to go to. So like every night there were bands that I wanted to see. So like that was great for me. I was getting something there. Um, I hadn't seen my friends in a long time. So this was an easy way for me to just say, hey, come to this. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, Los Angeles hadn't seen my band. So to me it was, I That's didn't perfect. mind doing it at all. Yeah. And then I made friends with a bartender. <laughs> And so she was very, she was like, so how many members do you have in the band tonight? And I was like, I think there's going to be eight. So that means we got more drink tickets. Yeah. So like there was little things like that where if you just like were nice, they'll throw you a bone. But yeah, I did a ton of work, but it was fine. Like I, yeah. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Yeah. No, I th- yeah. I don't, I think it was, I think that shit's great. Yeah. I would say if you were going to do another residency, I don't think I would do another one. If you were to. Okay. Hypothetically. Okay, yes. If I were you, mm-hmm. I would probably not do it for free. No way. Because then there you need to you need to see your growth as well. Because these were free shows and it was packed. Like even I was like I was I felt so happy on the last yeah. show. I was like, man, this has just been the best time and I was sad it was over. But then also again, like how we were talking about like knowing when to step up. So, okay, so the next thing would be like you need to charge, you know, five dollars, ten dollars. Sure. So it's yeah. like little things like that. That if you need to see your own progress too, that's important. You yeah. know, yeah. you can't play for free forever, even though it's super fun. Yeah. But then you're like, okay, well, because for example, like my band, I paid my band. Yeah. To play, and I I made that money because I was selling merch. Yeah. And so, where was I going with this? Hold on. So, what was I saying? I just lost my thought. 
Because I was thinking about selling merch. Selling merch, paying your band. Paying your band. Yeah, so, I mean, ultimately it is a business. I know that's not fun, but you need to start charging. So that to me was like, okay, I'm promoting everything. Yeah. What's the next step? Charge, charge yeah. for the show. That's badass. You know? And it just takes a little bit of time and growth comes from that, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I was having this um, kind of interesting conversation with somebody about uh, risk mm-hmm. and art. I know so much about that. So there's, it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg type of conversation. Yeah. Where, what's riskier, creating artwork mm-hmm. or getting getting behind artwork? What do you mean getting getting behind somebody okay, else's so artwork? Okay, so say Lollipop Records, for instance. Yeah. We put money and time and risk into different bands, right? Right. That's a risk for sure. Mm-hmm. But then there's also a risk just b- at being an artist and creating art because you don't know wh- what, e- what it's going to turn into. You don't know right. if it's going to be worth anything. You don't know if it's just like a complete surrender of your time. Mm-hmm. My position in the argument was creating the art is the riskiest thing mm-hmm. in all of art, creating right. anything, a movie, a painting, whatever. Right. There's like a tremendous amount of risk and self-sacrifice mm-hmm. and not knowing that it's very uncertain. Right. Um, if that risk was never taken, then there couldn't be any other risks beyond that. Absolutely. And I think that's, kind of the beauty of this is the beauty of art and it's also that it's hard to put a price on anything that's you, you how do you put a price on a band playing a set or a price on a piece of art i mean it's, it's priceless so right. it's a weird yeah it's weird i don't know how to i think both things create risk and that that really just comes out of somebody's impulse to create something so even a business person to me often the most creative business people are the most successful uh, business people are super creative you just don't think of them that way so to me it all it all comes down to what impulse you have to put something out in the world so somebody starting a business to me is almost as creative as an artist saying like i need to write this song it's like well what do you need to put in the world like what's so urgent and you can't you can't live without doing and I think they're both risky. I think sometimes it depends on what you put, eva- like what, how much you value your risk. So it's like, or how would you say it? It's like if you're the business person and you're going to put up the money and you're scared of losing that, that's a risk. But then if you're an artist and you're scared of, you know, revealing something about yourself to the world, that's a risk. It's just like which one's worse to you? Yeah. To the artist, it's usually you risk <laughs> all your money and your life yeah so I that's mean, what i'm saying it's yeah. it's it's like the epitome of of risking it all Absolutely. because it's you don't know it's just like unpaved yeah it's definitely more risky if you want to like it's you have to be pretty all in that's what i've seen it's like the yeah. artists that i've seen just completely surrender to what they do i mean completely surrender yeah the ones that have taken the biggest risk i've seen have the biggest reward of course and i can even say that for myself when i said fuck it that's when everything turned around for me yeah it's because it come when it comes from the most genuine place in you 
that's when people, they see that. And they connect to that because it's, the moment you become fearless, people pay attention. Yeah. And it gets easier. And I think even, I, I mean, I, I'm not a business owner. I'm a musician who like manages people. And I guess you could say that is a business and it is, but like, I very, I didn't know that that was a role that I needed to figure out how to do. Yeah. But yeah, I think being an artist is way riskier because you just don't know what's going to happen. I think that's a humongous fear that a lot of people have. Even people that even just think about maybe doing something right, or making a song or an album or making a something. Yeah. Even just the thought of that is risky. Of course. You know what I mean? And so, but I, I think know. that part it's of my a, brain is broken. Yeah, Cause same, like I, same. yeah. And like, it's just, you keep doing it even if sometimes you don't like the result, but like you do it. And I think yeah, that's like, next time. Yeah. And I think that that's <laughs> your, that's because your need to express yourself is so important that the result ultimately doesn't matter to you. True. And I think that, I don't want to say creatives. That's such a shitty word, but eh, it's fine. There's creatives <laughs> tend to thrive under resistance. That's what I've realized. I, I mean, I'm speaking for the you know, close niche, tight niche community that I'm involved in and just yeah. myself as a songwriter. When things are like pushing against me oh, in life, yeah. I tend to do better work. Whereas when things, there's no, life isn't, tugging against you mean me when you're happy not necessarily because i think there's even more resistance when being happy right i think there's even more at least for me mm -hmm. there's more of a fear um that this isn't going to last mm -hmm. very long well it won't and there's a sadness like there's i don't know i'm also fucked up in the head so it's well, hard for me I to think if be we're happy, in this building together we have come for the right reasons yeah of course <laughs> i think that that's a mutual feeling i think everybody yeah. So it's interesting because it's one of those things where it's a giant fucking risk jumping into this pool of, you know, not knowing where you're going to go or how deep it's, you're going to end up. Right. Um, but but also the right being inspired by that totally. and creating better art because of that. It's, it's such a strange ecosystem. Yeah. But that's what it is in my opinion. And you're the one making the choice. Yeah. And so few people ever do that. And that's because why, of the risk, yeah. Of course, because, yeah, exactly. They're too afraid of the risk, but to be in charge of yourself and what you're doing is the greatest thing you could do for yourself. It is. Yeah. It is. It's, um, it's like the first step is just jumping in the pool. Mm -hmm. there's, no, there's no, like, I guess you could put your toes in. You can kind of do it, but when you're, you're saying, like, just you said, fuck it. Fuck I'm it. I'm all in. The moment you do that, it, the moment your art is better, yeah, your everything changes. Everything changes. It's a full. It's your life is being affected, not just your your toes. You know, like your entire being. Of course. So yeah, I think it's really important, but it definitely takes a lot of risk, and it's all risk. I suggest anybody willing to take the risk should, mm -hmm. and know that there's positives to it. I think taking the risk also equates to being extremely inspired, mm -hmm. um, being more of a sponge right. because you're so vulnerable mm -hmm. that everything is affecting 
how you view things and your art and the way you should be doing certain things and making certain things. And uh, in return, not just your art's better. People like it more. It reaches more people. You spend more time, yeah. energy on it. Snowballs. Yeah, because I think you're actually starting to think about the right things instead of worrying about what other people will think. Because it's coming from you. Your art should be generated from your point of view. And I think as soon as you go, I, I love fuck it mode. I think the most beautiful things come from that. Definitely. It's the greatest thing. I mean, sometimes it's like a midlife crisis for somebody. Or it could be like a drug addiction. But also... Oh, shit. Ooh. Nice. I'll turn it back on. Okay. The, I, God damn. We could have this a spooky happened, podcast. On, um, Jeff Freeberg's, yeah. Really? Oh, it's this the recently on a podcast and I figured out the lights are on a timer. Okay. Oh yeah, and then you go like this. I can't figure out that like I think if you press the light and there's you press it twice. I don't know. It's fucking weird. But it's fun. I always I always like the mo- the motions that you do to turn the yeah, light back know, right? on. You're like waving your arms and flailing <laughs> while you're still doing something. Yeah. yeah. In Europe that's all, always funny because it like happens at the worst time and you're like, No, I gotta get That's so funny. Back I don't know why the lights are automatic in here like i just don't i guess for environmental reasons just so they're not left on yeah but they turn off there's times i've been in here i turn it on two minutes later they turn off really this morning they've been on all day yeah, and it's weird because we've been moving around yeah like, it's not I, like i've been in and out of here all morning and yeah. it's, they've been on so i just it's a weird it's got its own personality it's I guess. fine <laughs> whoever is in the room you can sit down at the table with it's us. like a little a little gnome yeah in there just Hanging out, decides when he wants it on or off. <laughs> it's fine. Um, I don't even remember what we were talking about. We were talking about the risk it takes to be an artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a lot. I know when, when, when. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's okay. When did you decide to just fucking do it fully? Fuck. Was that a recent thing or? When I decided to just completely abandon every other project I ever did and go solo, like use my name. Yeah. And as cliche as it sounds, as soon as I knew my record was going to say my name, it was like, it made me examine who I was, which is, it was like the greatest thing I ever did for myself because I never thought I would go solo because I've been in bands forever with other people. Mm-hmm. I always enjoyed like having a creative partnership. Yeah. But with that, it's like your voice, you know, you're, you're kind of sharing that platform with somebody else. Yeah. And I did that for so long that finally I was like, I sometimes think it's really healthy to do something that absolutely terrifies you. Like, Oh my God, I would never do that. And then really think about why you wouldn't do it. It's cause it's usually just fear. Of course. So as soon as I, I thought about it and I was like, well, okay, if you were going to do a record, that's, what would it be? And like, I I instantly, like without hesitation, I was like, well, it's going to be punk. So I was like, okay, I'm writing a punk record. And so that scared me more than anything I ever did, just because it was going to say my name. Yeah. Like I thought about the record, the physical thing, I thought of holding it, I was like, that was terrifying to me. Yeah. Which is such a funny thing because I've made things my whole life. I've, you know, signed things. It's Well, it becomes so- personal at that point, right? Yeah, and it made me actually look. There was a pause and I was like, who am I? Yeah. 
And I, I think that's what it was. It was like, well, if it's just going to be your voice, what are you trying to tell people? And I was like, it sounds so crazy. And believe me, I was on a lot of coffee. <laughs> so the voices in my head were like really having a fun time. And <laughs> yeah, and so then I just kind of set out on a journey. I worked with different people. I traveled around a lot. And I really just like wanted to find the voice that I wanted to kind of let the world hear. Yeah. And it was the greatest thing I ever did for myself because, again, there was so much risk. Like, and there still is. But I just, when I look back, I'm like, damn. I'm, that's why, like, my record's done. You've heard my record. It's mm. not even out yet. I have one, two songs out, but one yeah. of them's not even on the record. And I can honestly say, like, I, it's so personal to me, and I'm, I feel so satisfied by it that, like, I don't even care if it comes out because I'm so proud of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, it's this perfect, it, it's me. Yeah, that's all that matters. It is. End. That's all that matters in the end. And that's why, like, I having somebody else's judgment or opinion on it, it's like, that's great for them. I know how I feel about it. Yeah. And so once I put it out, it, it will feel great because, like, anything, like, it, it's always nice to share something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But there was just the fear that I felt with, with deciding to just go solo. It totally gave me this adrenaline rush of, like, all right, well, then do it figure it out yeah that's fucking rad it, it's been the best thing i ever yeah did. think about it all the stuff you've done since then would have never happened oh i'm sure you've met people and uh, you know been places you never would have maybe been never. none of that would have happened if you didn't just pull the trigger and just live in the fear like i think that's what i was resisting for so long was just being in discomfort but what i realized is change is growth and it's painful yeah it's painful but then you look back and it's often it's when you kind of find your like the most strength within yourself and you feel the most pride looking back like wow i did that and i i look for those moments in in my creative life of where you kind of cringe you're like oh god could i do that you can yeah are you too afraid most likely that's that's what comes up it's just fear yeah. You know, and that's fun. Now yeah. I like, you know, this is why people jump out of planes. You know, they're like, oh, yeah. I'm so scared. It's the same thing. It's yeah. like an adrenaline rush. Of totally. Like, just, it's empowering. It is. Definitely. Yeah. I think there's not enough people being empowered with their own will to do things. Totally. That's for sure. So, yeah, fear. That's a big, it's a big one. It's It's a big reason I did start this podcast. Fear? And that sounds, yeah, fear, because I'm so antisocial. So I'm, inc funny. I'm incredibly antisocial. Yeah. And it, it's actually my therapist. Um, it's like, you know, you should probably talk to more people. Really? I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you don't really talk to people. Like you just kind of, you don't, you know, you, uh -huh. I, I don't, I don't really socialize. I find she was you like, so you engaging though. She was like, you talk, you, you can talk. Why don't you, why don't you uh, like interview your friends? And I was like, huh, okay. I, I don't know. There's I, there's this thing called exposure therapy. It's a legit type of therapy. What is that? For people with panic disorder. Um, it's, so people with panic attacks, and this also is with OCD, mm -hmm. which sucks. I have both, Yeah. unfortunately. But. Um, oh God, what a terrible combination those are. Mm, OCD with. <laughs> it's not, 
And when people think OCD, it's not always compulsive. Of course. I don't have a compulsive type of OCD. Yeah. Um, but any, anywho, there's an actual therapy called exposure therapy where you, it's, it's therapy, but it's not talk therapy. Hmm. Um, you write down the things you, that give you anxiety and, okay. f- and fear and you do them very slowly with a therapist. Mm-hmm. You introduce yourself to the things that you fear. Right. Um, and that's really the only treatment for panic disorder. There's no other treatment. You, there's medication, but yeah, um, that's treating symptoms. There's mm-hmm. no, that's how you cure literal bodily fear is exposing yourself to the things you're scared of, whether that's germs mm-hmm. or flying mm-hmm. or for me, it was driving. I wouldn't drive. I couldn't drive um, for a long time. And I had to like slowly, I would just go in the car and turn the engine on and sit in it mm-hmm. and breathe. Mm-hmm. And then I'd step out mm-hmm. and I'd do that for a few days. It sounds really weird. It's not weird because but, I um, used to have this. I used to have, and this was stress from a breakup where I would drive on a highway. There was about six months in my life where this happened and I would have a physical panic attack to where like, I was like, I'm dying. Yeah. And so it was driving. Driving is a common. It is. Yeah. I guess it is really common. Driving, Mm -hmm. germs, uh, flying. um, That was one too. Exercising, believe it or not, is a Really? really big one. Yeah. Um, exercising there's a few big ones driving is one of the big ones and for me I just couldn't do it yeah yeah. I, I, something I started flipping out I thought like if something bad happened I wouldn't be able to mm-hmm. get out of the car or right I kept thinking I'm driving like I'm a flying bullet yeah like anyone I can I, you know anyone could kill me and I could kill anyone at any moment mm-hmm. anyways I'm fine now I drive all over the place Good. but the only way I did that and congratulations the only way that happened was literally doing exposure therapy with a fucking professional. But, but that's how it. you do. That's how you do things. You have to. You just have to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. That's the only. It sucks, but that's the only way to really get past a fear. Yeah, is doing it. Like you said, whether that's just in your life, in your life, mm-hmm. whether it's your career, or yeah. with your relationship with somebody, or if it's a physical, just day to day thing like driving or, I don't know, flying, any of those kind of things, but. Yeah, exposure therapy. That's just life. Yeah. Life's one giant exposure. It is. And it's how far you take it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think a lot of people you're saying, like someone that goes skydiving, I feel like if you can skydive and survive and pick yourself up off the ground when you land, mm-hmm. the kind of empowerment you must have is like, I can just do anything. Absolutely. Like, the fear, that just melts fear away. Yeah. And it's probably the same creatively you going solo and doing all these things for yourself mm-hmm. i can't speak for you but i can imagine you being like wow i should have done this sooner what was i what was holding me back from all this if i can do this i can do all these other things now right like it like opens all these different doors basically mm-hmm. but um i think it was you know. a timing i i don't think i could have done this two years ago and i think yeah it was just the fear was holding me back and yeah, two years ago, it's funny that you brought that up. I was having these crazy panic attacks and I started going to a therapist and we did the same thing. It was just like, we'll just, you know, yeah, Slowly go back yeah. into the, yeah. <laughs> and it was just really stress. And when I think about it, I'm glad it happened too, because there was just something so wrong in my life that that was like 
a warning to me. Like, examine what's going on. Like, why are you so unhappy? Why are you so depressed? And like, I was just in the worst depression and that's why the panic attack started. And then, yeah. you know, I had like insomnia once for a week where I, I actually did not sleep for like seven nights in a row. That'll mess you up. And I just remember waking up, not even waking up. It was, the sun was coming up and I was just like crying and I was like, what is wrong with me? I felt just broken and then yeah. just made me look at everything, you know, my life, what I wanted, what I wasn't doing. And I wasn't challenging myself anymore and I got super depressed. And then that's when everything turned around because that was my emotional rock bottom. I was done. And then, yeah, the panic. It's what's so hard about a panic attack is that you cannot believe that it's your brain doing this to yourself. Yeah, it's the last thing you want to think is, you think, I'm having a heart attack. Right. Or I'm having an asthma. Maybe I have asthma I never knew. Or I got... Uh, you, the last thing you want to think is it's anxiety. And that you're doing it. Because it's the fact that it's so powerful. Yeah. It's really... Oh, I can't even describe a panic attack. Unless someone's had one, it's its, its own... It's a psychedelic experience. It's it the only way I can, I can explain it to somebody. Yeah. It's an out-of-body experience, for sure. And it's really hard to imagine that it's just yourself. It's you attacking yourself. Because it is. Yeah. And I, it got so bad to, like, I just started having this, like, I, I just started saying to myself, like, this was what actually comforted me, and this is, like, my sense of humor. When I would get into these, this, like, panic, I'd just say, well, okay, what's the worst that could happen? You could die. And that became like my joke that actually like kind of made me feel better. Yeah, like, yeah. what are you so afraid of? You're afraid of dying. Okay, so that's the worst thing. Okay. What's the worst that you could yeah. happen is you could die. That's so dark, but that's actually what kind of yeah, helped it's, me. It's a coping mechanism. Yeah, for sure. and then that made me kind of laugh. And then that was like what started the healing process, I guess. But for it sure. was more just like the examination of why I was so depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Depression, I feel like, is a huge umbrella term. Mm -hmm. How do I describe it? I feel like depression as mm -hmm. a term yeah. is, a, is a blanket statement yeah. in the sense that there's different people react differently to being depressed. Mm -hmm. Or even um, being called depressed. Yeah, either or. Or even just feeling it, even if it's just momentary right. depression. Um, so it's a tricky, it's tricky that the, the terminology stuff with all that's really tricky because a lot of people will just feel really anxious mm -hmm. and that's just in turn, they're really depressed. Right. They don't know how to deal with it. Yeah. A lot of people will be depressed and it affects their mood negatively. Like they're sad. They have no energy. They right. cry. They're overwhelmed with sadness. Um, some people obsess and like ruminate on things because it uh, alleviates having to think about how empty they feel. Of course. So it's it's interesting. People kind of react differently to it. And I think a lot of it is more genetic than people make it out to be. I I know it is. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I've seen patterns in my parents. But For sure. It's really genetic. Yeah. It's like it, people don't. I never knew that until I was hit with all this and right. had to kind of deal with this on my own and mm -hmm. kind of figure out how to become functioning again. Right. But it's, it, yeah, it's very genetic, mm -hmm. um, which is unfortunate. 
But if you can look at it that clinically, I actually think it, it helps you because then you're not just sitting around saying like, oh, my parents suck. They, you know what yeah, I mean? It, it makes it just easier to say it's genetic. What can I do to change right now and not fall into those patterns? For sure. Because they're so like looking back like in my teenage years, it was just so obvious what was going on. Like, you know, I was raised by somebody who was depressed. And so like, I think a lot of my personality traits kind of developed because I was in that environment. Mm. And so, yeah, when I turned 20, I was like, I'm not going to be one of those people that blames my parents forever. Cause that's so boring. I'm just going to work on what came from that and just try to get rid of it. Really? For sure. Yeah. It's, it's interesting when you're like a young kid, you're such a sponge. Everything it's is, crazy. you don't even realize what's influencing you. Mm hmm. And then you get older, at least for me, when I was like in my mid twenties, I started realizing, oh, maybe your parents are just people. They're just people. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I at least for me as a kid, I always really looked up to my parents and, um, you realize that they have their challenges too. And that permeates, you know, mm -hmm. it trickles into your personality. You don't even know it does. It mm -hmm. just does. Yeah. There's no. It's just how it is. Right. You know? So, um, yeah, that shit's really interesting. I'm sorry I had to deal with that stuff. Honestly, it made me who I am because a lot, like I used to have, believe it or not, I had like serious rage. And now like playing a show to me is like the ultimate. So it's like you can do anything you want on stage. And I used to have like a seriously terrible te like um, temper. Like the temper, like, like angry or oh, yeah, yeah. more, um, what's the word? Like ADD, like a attention, like you just had, like it. you were just. All of it. I was like a juvenile delinquent. I was, I got in a lot of trouble when I was young. Cause I was mm. pissed off. I felt like super ignored. And like I said, like I'm over it with my parents. Like I, I've come to a peaceful conclusion with all of that. Yeah. Because I had, like, a very intense upbringing. I got in a lot of trouble. Trouble, like, like trouble? Like I got arrested. I got kicked out of school. Like okay, just that kind like of trouble. That kind okay. of thing. And it was just because I felt like I didn't have a voice, and so I acted out. And that, yeah. that got, me, got me attention. And it wasn't even that I was looking for attention. It was just because I was, I was angry, and I needed some place to direct it. And so... Now I find healthy ways to do that. And that's why like sometimes in shows like it can go there. Um, but yeah, I had like a super bad temper and that just like is over time it went away. That's interesting. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, is that when you got into music or what, what happened? What were, were you trying to output that energy in some way? Oh yeah. Because I kept getting in trouble and then I was like, there was this moment in my life, I remember, <laughs> where I was just, I, I, I got in a lot of trouble, and I was actually, I was arrested, and I woke up one morning, and I was in jail, and I was like, how the fuck am I here? And there was a girl crying in my cell, <laughs> and I was like 18, and I remember thinking, what the hell are you doing here, one, because I didn't know why, yeah. and two, it was like, you need to figure out how to manage your anger because like to me I could see this was all because I was so angry and so that was like a turning point for me of like saying like let's channel this in a good in a good way and that yeah. is actually when I found music 
Interesting. And like, at first it, it wasn't that obvious, but I think growth for me, it, it always, it's, it's slow. And then I look back and it's, it's easy to connect the dots. But yeah, that was definitely something that I found salvation in because, I mean, a lot of musicians are very tortured people. Those are always my favorite because I'm like, wow, you're, you're like me too. <laughs> Imperfect, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah, the, the rage and the temper, like I used to break things and it's just, I, I don't have that. Do you energy. ever catch yourself now, like now be acting that way or having those kind of feelings c- come up? Yeah. And it's funny when it happens because it, it will be the strangest thing that will trigger it. And then I'll catch myself and then I'll, I'll talk myself out of it. Like, stop. It's just like an old trigger, you know? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, you're doing better now, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, totally. So, yeah, absolutely. And, and you have a good outlook on, on it all. And yeah. That's, that's good. That's healthy. And you're, you know, I don't know, if you ever had kids one day or you're in helping somebody else in some way, you can uh, share your wisdom. Right. I'll, yeah. And I don't think anything's perfect, but all you can do is just try your best. <laughs> as generic as that sounds, yeah. like I know my parents tried their best, yeah. you know? Yeah. I like who I am, and I think, to me, that's that's being a successful parent. I don't have yeah. kids. I have a cactus that I take care of. There you go. And I, <laughs> me and my boyfriend love this cactus. Like, we sit around, and we finally, we were smoking weed, okay? We were like, <laughs> the cactus is, like, so happy. And we, like, sit there, and we look at him, and it's, yeah. That's so funny. That big, is it a big cactus, or no, is it, like, a potted? He's, like... This he's about twelve inches. Okay. And I know this sounds like such like a stoner conversation, but cactus. Okay, so cactuses are what kind of got me into getting cats, and I love cats. Yeah. But cactuses are really funny because oh my god, this is like cringy, but I've got to say it. Like they have a personality. Okay. I swear to you. So like we got this cactus, and then like it's just like kind of made us happier because it you could tell like yeah it has a personality without sounding like totally out of my mind which i know i do no that's not that that's not crazy at all it's been nice and i think it's just like having a living thing in your house yeah it it adds it changes the feeling of a room fuck yeah yeah and it's funny like some people when they get a plant they have anxiety they're like i think i think i'm gonna kill it you know, I, I'm not going to just water it once a week. It's fine. Yeah. Just just look at it every day. And is it looking okay? It, Does yeah. it look like it needs water? Just use your instincts. Yeah. And it's funny yeah. how some people have anxiety about taking care of something as yeah. simple as a plant. Yeah. Because when I first got it, I was like, oh my God, I'm good. I, it's going to die. And then it's, I'm just going to have this pot with nothing in it. Like, honestly. And then I was like, what? Just fucking water it. Yeah. Yeah. And cactuses are, I mean, they're the easiest. I mean, let's talk about the chillest plant yeah, you could have. It's easiest. like, whatever, throw a drought at me, I'll live. Yeah. Just give me a drop of water, I'll, sur- <laughs> I'll survive. I mean, I'm going to have these spikes and, yeah. you know. We're in the right, definitely the right climate for that, too. Yeah. Yeah, there should be more cactus and less palm trees. You know, every palm tree is... Imported. Imported. Every single fucking one you see in California Yeah. is imported. I've heard that, and it's... When I was little, this was like the greatest lie I believed up until honestly like five years ago because I, I like thought about it. I was like, that's not true. So as a kid, somebody told me in this very like poetic way, they were like, it was a preschool teacher. I remember we were on a break and our preschool had um, palm trees on the sidewalk. There was like 
they're huge. And he was telling us, he was like, no, every palm tree, wait, what did he say? He says, every palm tree points towards the ocean. And I was like, damn. And like, it was just a thought that always <laughs> lived in my mind. Yeah. And then honestly, like five years ago, I was like, that's a fucking lie. Not every palm yeah, tree. Yeah, no, that's bullshit. I know, but it was like so ridiculous. And I was like. Well, I think he did. He made his point. I mean, he did his goal. He he made his goal. It's like, this is going to be such a weird thing. that. <laughs> I like, I you, wish yeah, like, I remembered his name so I could be like, you know, you told me that. You fucking asshole. Why would you say that? I don't that's know, really but why funny. would you say that? Because really I was random. like how you said like a sponge. I was like, yeah, that's why wouldn't they? Maybe they just, he really thinks that though. Maybe. You know, like maybe, maybe that that is true. I have you looked at you got to Google search <laughs> that shit. <laughs> well, that would be like every cactus points towards the desert. Yeah, right. It seems like it's not true. No, it sounds like it sounds like a lyric from like an eagle song. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Both the cactus and the palm tree. Oh, man. Did you, you grew up here? Yeah. Yeah, I grew up in Santa Monica. Cool. Which was so different. Like now I go over there and it's like. Oh yeah, it's totally different. It's crazy. It used to be like a sleepy town. Nobody believes me, but it, it really was like, it was so quiet. It was like suburbia. Now it's like everything's so, I mean, it was, it was always. It's bougie. Amazing. Yeah. But like now it's like super bougie. Yeah. And it's like hard to park. And I'm like, what is going on here? Yeah. I feel like that's what happened to all the coastal towns. I mean, all of Southern California in general. Yeah. But the coastal areas have just bouged out. It's, yeah, it's some straight you know? bougeville yeah. over there. You it's go like, over holy there. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's sa- it happened to my town I grew up in, too. So Dana Point? Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's insane now. Really? Yeah, you wouldn't think because it's really kind of out there mm-hmm. compared to where LA is, but it's bougeville. Yeah. Yeah, it's insane. The only time I think I went to Dana Point was in like fifth grade. We did this. I think it was in is San Juan Capistrano. Close yeah. To, okay. Mm-hmm. It's right there. We did this field trip where we slept a night on a boat. Yeah. Do you know that? The, I did the same thing okay. when I was a kid. What the fuck is that boat called? I should know. This is very bad. This is very not Dana it's Point of me to know. No, I know. It's not very But it's the Pilgrim. <laughs> the Pilgrim. The Pilgrim, yeah. Okay, so we did that. And, like, one of the guys working there was such a fucking asshole. And did I he make used... you eat an onion? Well, that was, okay, no, he was just a dick. Oh, okay. And he was, like, for some reason, he, like, zeroed in on me and was just, like, hard on me the whole time. I was, like, fuck this guy. And, like, I remember I was, like, <laughs> you're, like, in your 30s pretending to be a pirate. So, fuck you. Like, I remember, like, thinking that. I never said it out loud. And, again, it's, like, one of those people from my childhood of, like, why the fuck did that guy zero it? I was doing yeah. nothing. I know. It's just funny. And then that's what made me think of it because that was, I remember, San Juan Capistrano. Yeah. It's so pretty there. It is. I, I, I love it down there. Do you ever just, like, escape to your parents' house and you're, like, well, they moved. Where do they live now? They live in Arizona now. Let's so. talk about the palm trees pointing towards the desert. I know, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it got they, they it got too expensive. Yeah. Parents couldn't ha- handle it, and it's just like in- insanity. Are that they in Flagstaff? Area. They're in Prescott, which is right next to Flagstaff. I love Flagstaff. Yeah, it's nice. It's cool. I think I've been. I think I play played a show in Prescott because that's really close to Tucson, or no? No, pretty far. What am I thinking of that? I've been to Prescott, but okay, yeah. yeah, Prescott's north. It's about an hour and a half north of Phoenix. Okay, do they like it? Yeah, they love it. It's such a change. Yes, yeah, total change. They love it. 
What made yeah. them move there? Money. Well, yeah, of course. It was getting too expensive. My dad's company just didn't make sense for them to stay in California. Mm-hmm. So that's why, basically. Is he working out there now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Making the switch. Yeah, they, they love it. I still, there's times I'll go down to Dana Point and, and surf where I grew up surfing. Yeah. And it's fun because the water hasn't changed at all and the beaches haven't changed. Really? At all. I mean, it's like taking a fucking time machine. So nice. Back to the 90s. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. This is exactly how I remember it. But then you drive around the streets and try and get a sandwich. And it's like, wow, this is not where this is not where I grew up. That's for sure. Really down there? Yeah. But where's the money there? Is it like? Uh, I don't really fucking know. Yeah. It's just I think it's trickled down from Newport Beach and Laguna Beach and things just trickle keep trickling down the coast but i don't know i feel like it's like our fault like people our age they're probably like, they're maybe. like coming in with money and they're like we're gonna redo this and it's gonna be this. yeah probably yeah you have a good point i just i yeah i don't know i get i i get la because it's so saturated with businesses and, yeah. and entertainment and fashion and i get that but dana point i don't it's a good hour, hour and a half. It's far. To, I mean, south of here. Yeah. I don't know what's there. I the just industry. don't know what's. Yeah, industry wise, I just don't know what's there. I guess you could commute from there to here. It would be a bit. That would be of a commute, but the worst. Yeah. I'm sure people do it. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't get it. Yeah. But um. Yeah, man, it's crazy how things have changed, huh? For better or worse, really. Yeah. It's crazy. Even just in this area in East LA, yeah. How long have you been on, on this this part of town? Yeah. Um, about. Damn, I actually that's a good question. Like since I was, that's like maybe fifteen years. Yeah, which so you, you've seen a lot. Oh my change. gosh! Yeah, crazy, and, huh? And it's crazy how it's just getting pushed out and pushed out. It's like. I mean, yeah. Everybody's like, you're not going to be in LA County anymore. You know yeah, I, I mean, know. everybody's just moving out. Yeah, it's and what's interesting now, though, is I'm sure you've experienced this, too, because you grew up sort of close to Los Angeles. Yeah. But forever, like whenever I'd go traveling somewhere, everybody would be like, oh, what's L.A. like? You know, like have like this very negative view on it. And now whenever I go somewhere, everybody's like, so what's L.A. like? I hear it's amazing. And like you knew something was up when all of your friends from New York moved here. Yeah. You know, because they were yeah. like so diehard of like, fuck LA. Like, yeah. New York's so great. And now they're out here in September in like a t shirt, like, yeah, man, this is like the way to do it. And I'm like, who the fuck are you? Like, I remember three <laughs> years ago coming yeah. to your apartment in December during a snowstorm and you're talking about how much better it is. And it is. I love New York, but it's like, it's crazy to have this shift where everybody's like so pro LA right now. And I love yeah. it cause I'm from here. Yeah. So it's, it's been interesting. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, fuck. I never thought I'd be in East LA. I mean, I mean, literal East, like the oh, city are, of East LA. Yeah. You're in it. So, but Hey, I love it. It's great. There's so many things in my life where like I catch myself. I'm like, oh, I did not think this would be going on, but I think that makes it interesting. If you knew, yeah. How your life would be. It would be so boring. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I wish there were little clues, though. You know, I wish life would leave little bread breadcrumbs now and then. Like, 
a little yeah. pat on the back. You're going to be all right. Just, you know, just keep doing what you're doing and right. things will be all right. Sometimes I just need a little bit of that. I think you need to learn to pat your own back. <laughs> I don't, I can't. Th- do that. That's the name of my autobiography. Pat your own back. Pat your own back. How to pat your own back. Yeah. I would read it. I mean. Patting your own back or, for, for dummies. Or we could do the <laughs> caffeine themed one. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I see a, I see a line of books coming. I, I better start writing that as soon as I leave. Just getting jacked up on a bunch of coffee um, and writing weird ass fucking. You can write one about cactuses having personalities. Oh you my can write god! One I can't believe I said that out loud. Because like no, for I, real, like this morning we were sitting there, we were drinking coffee, and okay, we named him Bill. Nice. I wanted to name him Spike, but he's like, it's too obvious. I'm like, okay, then you can name him. Bill's cool. It's classic. It's classic, and he's kind of rugged, so it makes sense. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. It's not but embarrassing again, at all. Because it changed. Like I swear to God, like as soon as we got him, as soon as we got the cactus, it like changed the vibe of the room. Of course it did. Yeah. I'm sure it's like moves slightly and different. He's grown. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And I think it really just comes down to it. It's nice to take care of something. Yeah, it is. It is, even if it's a plant. You know. Yeah. I read, I read somewhere that the purpose of life is responsibility. Ooh, like and respons- that's kind of resonated with me. Like having responsibilities gives you a sense of purpose in this world. Like that's totally what does. The, that's what gives you a purpose in life. Yeah, is your responsibilities. That resonated with me for sure. Plants, pets, family. Right. You know, I think a lot of people. It's trippy seeing people our age like, have kids and families. It's and still, I'm at the point now shit. when my friends come to me, they're like, I'm pregnant. I'm like, what are you going to do? And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm going to have it. I'm like, oh wait, yeah, we're in our thirties. Yeah. That's what you have yeah. kids now. <laughs> it's it's cr- crazy, right? <laughs> it's oh, fucking yeah. crazy. Um, but I think a lot of, t- a lot of times, even if it's not something you're that ready for, right? you are at least usually. the friends I know that have kids yeah. wouldn't, wouldn't have done it differently like it gives them this immense fucking sense of purpose yeah um i I think it's cool i don't know i think i think responsibility is is super important plants are a really good responsibility it really is because you don't realize it becomes a challenge like as soon as you like have it you know you're you realize you have to be responsible for it now yeah it's good shit it is yeah i try to be a I felt like when I moved, I lost a responsibility of lollipop mm-hmm. and it was like, it was fucking with me. When you moved to Arizona? Yeah. Of course, because it, what was it that, why was it fucking with you? Because I wasn't here. Mm-hmm. Imagine leaving your cactus for just being like, see ya. <laughs> Imagine, oh my God. And then the, the mind fuckery of, is it dead? What's going on? So you What's weren't done. That's I wasn't a, done. Yeah. No, I was still running Lollipop, but not here. And at the sense of responsibility was vanishing. Yeah. With time. And that's also and hard. It fucked with me. Yeah. yeah. Fucked with me really bad. Because you were gone for a while, too. A year. Yeah. yeah. That's a long time to be doing something. Especially because this, it totally changed. Because you guys, you moved out of that location. And then when did you move here? Three years ago. Oh, three years ago. Okay. And so you guys have been renovating. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> yeah. Renovating basically. Yeah. We built I mean, the studios the and then had to tear them down and rebuild them for mm, the s- fun. city uh-huh. to sign off on it. But 
Yeah. Responsibility, super important. Oh, yeah. I feel like a lot of people, <clears throat> even like when I stopped playing in bands, mm -hmm. I felt this weird, empty hole. Of course. Because there's always this sense of responsibility, you know, practicing, and playing the show and getting there on Ton. time and making sure you had your gear and mm -hmm. everything was working and your guitar was strung up. It's all like little responsibilities. Yeah. It's a lot of responsibility. And you, yeah. And you cut that off completely. And yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Right. <laughs> Did that feel weird? Yeah, it fucking was weird. Because like, there's it was weird because I identified with it, and of course. you know, anyways, it's fine now. But, but what's it like to be around? Because now that you're not participating in as much, do you ever find it f not funny? But is it interesting to see other people kind of go through what you went through for so long? Um, I more admire. Okay. When I see it, yeah. Because um, I never, at least for me, when I was playing a lot and stuff, I didn't think of it that way. Right. That this was good for me and this is a responsibility. Mm -hmm. and this is giving me like a sense of purpose. Fulfillment. And having, a, you know, friendships and like tight-knit people around. Yeah. I didn't think of it that way. I was just mm -hmm. like, I got to do it because I got to fucking do it. So I was a little ignorant, but... So I admire it when I see people doing it. Cause I'm like, oh, that's that's a really good thing. Yeah, that's just a good positive. There's no, nothing negative about people playing music and performing. That's such a beautiful fucking thing. Right. Um. So, yeah, I definitely admire it. Yeah. Um. I don't know if I would do it again, but I admire it. Well, it is so much responsibility. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a lot. It's probably. I mean, I can't say it's like having kids. But it's I mean, it's a it's a big one for sure. It's it, more than a pet or a, and uh, it's because it's multiple people you're right. dealing with and making sure everyone's on the same page, mm -hmm. wanting to do the same things, right. and having to self-sacrifice what you want to do personally because maybe it doesn't fit in line with another bandmate. Ah, uh, you get it. Of course. Yeah, it's tricky. It's like being in a relationship with five people. Yeah, really. Exactly. And because. It's not as simple as like, okay, well, they're just going to play the show. It's like, okay, as soon as you start touring, it's like, is this person's life literally set up to just go with you? Yeah. So it's like you really, you get committed to people and you become loyal because of those things. And it's very complicated, like band dynamics. It's really interesting. Yeah, and it is. I've learned so much by doing this just about how to manage people because that's something that i didn't think i would have to do but that's you have to learn how to do that well otherwise nobody's gonna play with you yeah you know and that's sometimes the hardest part which is just i think it is the hardest part i okay yes i, I think so i'm gonna agree with you because <laughs> it's it's emotional and it has like being in a band especially that tours all the time like it involves every aspect of your life y you have to be basically free to just go yeah and to a lot of people that's impossible yeah especially if you have a relationship you're scared of being poor yeah you know and i understand that's a real fear yeah. you know you have a job that won't let you go like sometimes when we're on tour i'm like this is fucking crazy that i have these people like with me and that they they said yes because it's such a commitment and it's it's a sacrifice you know yeah on Huge so sacrifice. many levels like not like you know they're leaving their relationships they're leaving their work 
And like, I still feel so much gratitude. Like I, every time I play a show, it sounds so corny, but I, music is the craziest thing to me. Like I can't believe it exists, you know? Yeah. Every time I get on stage and there's people with me, I'm like, I can't believe this. I'm so, I feel so lucky, you know? And I still feel lucky. Yeah. But yeah, it's being in a relationship with five people. Fuck yeah. That you need to maintain and it changes and like, damn yeah that's all i, mean, I like damn that's why there's so many <laughs> there's so much band drama and fucking weird bands splitting up and all these iconic bands like the, you know what was it the eagles oh yeah just like didn't talk to each other for like 20 years or some shit like that and then got they got back together for something well yeah i mean that's just uh, shit runs deep yeah and there's a lot of self-sacrifice more than uh it's not the self-sacrifice you think of off the top of your head, it's like deep. Yeah. In your physical being, your spirituality, your fucking literal, what you're putting in your body and what you're, you know, sleeping and oh it's yeah. a whole thing. It's uh, you're, you're giving up your entire universe. Absolutely. To whatever your project you're doing. So to kind of create one together. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it's so many people ask me, they're like, well, what's it like to be on tour? And I say, well, it, I mean, unless you've done it, it's, you, it's hard work really. Cause everybody always thinks it's like this party, but like, I mean, it's so much work, Yeah. you know, like even when you're not on stage, that's when you're really working. Like yeah, playing is the reward, getting For there, sure. dealing with everybody. And like, it's just so much, I, mean, I love lot. it. I've like learned to just de- like how to deal with it. Yeah. And then I always know I can get better, but yeah, that's something that you need to figure out how to do, which is manage people. Yep. That's a good one. Yeah. That's definitely a make or break. For sure. For, for I would say all bands. Management yeah. is like a huge, huge thing. Yeah. <clears throat> I feel like those bands that have been around forever, like the Stones, and <clears throat> they're probably just so fucking dialed in with each other. It's yeah. got to be just... You know, they can just speak paragraphs just with their eyes. Right. You know, I just think if you know, I I forget who it was, but I I read this interview with Keith Richards and a musician asked him, like, how how come you guys have stayed together for so long? And it was like the best advice ever. He's like, just don't fucking quit. And it's so obvious, but I think it's it's like that blind loyalty. If you know. Yeah. And exactly. And like, that's how I am. Like. I, I never quit. I'm still playing music, and that's why, yeah, I just don't fucking quit. Yeah. And it's that, I think, with that means, okay, there's going to be good and bad, but just don't quit. Yeah. It's, like, such obvious advice. That sometimes that's it's the just, best advice, though. Yeah. Just don't quit. That's the best advice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... I, I agree with that. Yeah, because that just means that you, you have to be down for every challenge that comes your way, because there, there will be. Fuck yeah. 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 Is there anything you would have done differently in the past? Not saying that you have any regret or anything, but things you know now about touring or playing shows or just being in a band that you would have done differently 10 years ago. Yeah. And I think the last couple of tours, I've I've started to do that more, which is... is just really know 
let the people who you're playing with know that you value them, you know, you know, they're not like a tool. They're a living, breathing person and they show, they're showing up for you and for themselves, for themselves. And I, I want them to feel like they're getting something from it, you know, not just like, cause it's, it's my name, you know, they're my songs. And like, there's things where you learn to like have leeway and places where you learn to not, yeah, you know, and that I think is where I've learned really well of like knowing when to like be iron fisted, like, nope, you can't do that. And then just saying, okay, just choose your battles. I guess that's yeah. what, that's yeah. like, if I could give myself advice 10 years ago, like it can't always be your way, even if it's your name, yeah. you know? Cause like, I know this is my project, but the thing is, is that I need these guys as much as they need me. And so again, it has to be a fair exchange, Yeah. but you are the boss. And like, I know that. And so it's just knowing when, when to put your foot down and when to not. Yeah. And to be pretty gentle about it, but not gentle enough to where you're a pushover. You yeah. know, it's like you are literally just constantly like juggling. It's exhausting. Like mentally, yeah. like when I came <laughs> home from the last yeah. couple of tours, I was like, I don't want to do anything except stare at my cactus and drink yeah. coffee. Lay down. Yeah. And just it was fine. Eat normal food. Oh, <laughs> just cook for yourself. Like, yeah. That it's was so hard to get food on the road. Oh man, just I'm like so a normal, like a, a real, real food. Yeah, you know, especially like the worst is when you have a long drive and you just have no oh, options. Yeah. It's like there's times where I'm like, I don't Pringles I don't or Lay's for yeah. dinner. Like, hmm, I'll go with the Lay's. Ugh. Yeah, it's just yeah, any sort of like living food, like real food on tour. Oh my god. Yeah. <sighs> Tricky stuff. It's, but that's like when you like finally get home, like it was so luxurious to cook myself dinner being back from tour and like putting my stuff away. I mean, I love being on tour. Like I'm, it's my favorite thing, but it is nice when you get home and you're like, oh, I, I can cook for myself again. Yeah. When, when, when are you going out again? So I'm not sure right now. I know we're going to do South by Southwest. So I guess that counts, but that's always like, South by Southwest is so damn fun. It is fun. It's so it's fun. It's, it's insanity. Like, it's like spring break for musicians. It's like basically, yeah. If, gosh darn. Um, yeah, it's intense. So we're gonna do that. Yeah. Every year it gets more and more intense too. Yeah. So. Did you go last year? No, but two years ago I went just to go. That was the first time I just went, like not playing in a band. Yeah, just to hang out. Cause it's so fun and you get to see so much music in one place. And like, I still love going to shows. Like I'm still such a fan of music. So somebody invited me and I was like, hell yeah, I'm going to go. And I went, and it was so much fun. Hell yeah. Yeah. So that was great. And yeah, as soon as the album comes out, I'll go back on tour, but that's all being figured out right now. So well, South by that would be cool. I'm, I'm sure you're, you're playing to and from. Yeah. Or no. you just, you're just playing just, just South by raw dogging it. Just going That's out cool. there. Cause you know what? I think there's just something to be said about just getting out there playing and then coming back. Hey, that's cool. Yeah. Even though that's I, cool. I like playing the Southwest. I love the Southwest, but let's just get out there. You know? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys going to be out there? No, no. Mm-mm. Good for you. See, it's also like, I always feel like it's cool. if People like don't go too. Yeah, I just it this it's too much. We've done it for many years. Yeah. In the last 
two years we just haven't gone. It's fine. It's just because we have too, we have too much going on. Just we're trying to fucking finish this place, right. you know. So at this point, it's just there's nothing getting in our way. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good excuse. So I mean, you're just finishing. I mean, we, this place is incredible. We just need to get it done. Yeah. You um, know. There's a we're here now. Right. So, and um, we're functioning. Everything's running. So it's a matter of just getting things cleaned up and, you know, plugged in. Right. So. So once this is all completed, everything's done, what do you wish to come from it? Um... Not just as Lollipop, just you as Wyatt. Me as Wyatt? Yeah. What do you want from this? Because this is, you've taken this on. Like, even though there's other people, like, when I think of it, I think of you. Hmm. Interesting. I don't think of it as myself at all. I used to a long time ago. Right. Because I was the only person doing it. Uh Uh-huh. I definitely don't feel like it's me at all. Um, But... What do I wish? What do I wish for it? Well, I, I think I want the same thing as when I started it, mm-hmm. which is just um, it started because I felt like no one gave a shit about bands that weren't necessarily super popular, right? Um, but that that were great mm-hmm. that I felt like should be. Right? Why are why isn't this band? You know when you get really stoked on a band that no one's ever heard of, and you're all like, what the, the fuck? time. How was, how was this possible? How, yeah. why does, why is this not on the radio? Why yeah. is this not a household fucking name? Totally. And I started feeling that way with just friends' bands and band, just random bands that I would see. And I just wanted Lollipop to be a place where bands felt like they were loved, mm-hmm. like they were appreciated, because there's a lot of times. There's not a lot of appreciation with music on a, a, this kind of underground level. Right. There's a lot of risk and self-sacrifice, and there's not a lot of sense of community. Yeah. Um, That's why I love the other location, because you could just go there. Well, the whole the whole purpose was that it was a community center, basically, for and bands. Was. And it's, everyone could play with each other. I tried to... We tried to just break the whole stigma of... My band's better than your band. Fuck you. Fuck right. you. It's just like, let's all just be friends because we're all trying to do the same shit. And yeah. We can just play with each other and tour with each other and we can hype each other up. And right. Like, that's how we did it. And it's, I still want the same thing here, but now that we have more space, ideally I like, it'd be cool if there's just someone in the studio every day. Yeah. Someone bands practicing every day. Um, you know, sh- FedEx picking up our shipments every day, mm-hmm. just firing on all cylinders. I really, it just wanted to be like a safe haven for people. Yeah. Like a, what's the word? What's the, what's that place you would, your parents would take you when you were a kid and they would drop you off? Like a rec center? Yeah. Like, like a rec center. Like right. there, where do you want to go? For instance, if you wake up in the morning and you're like, I want to go get a coffee. I don't want to make, I want to go get a coffee. Right. And sit and read mm-hmm. a magazine or look through my emails and maybe get a croissant mm-hmm. and spark up a conversation with a stranger. Right. You do that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like that in the sense of, I just want to go like a pickup basketball game, but right. with music. Yeah. Like you can literally come here. It's a destination. It happens today. It happens almost every day where... 
like Gabby's making a music video right now next yeah. door and she's doing taking over the warehouse and Robert and his friend just happen to be in the area and they're just jamming writing songs yeah in the other room and we're chatting and the doors open you know it's right. like come rehearse you want you need a place to practice it's like come by just cruise by or you can just you walk in not knowing what the fuck's going on and maybe you can just you'll run into somebody and you can just write a song or yeah if you want to record it's like every avenue mm-hmm. has a place here whether that's practicing writing rehearsing playing talking yeah um filming it's just like a giant creative pulse yeah that's all we're trying to do basically i just feel like there's not anything like that and it's a weird dream that me and and that my co-owners have had because what we we're trying to do in the echo park we have such a small location that yeah. we're a little limited so that's kind of I guess what I'd like to see. Yeah. Just it being sparking creativity yeah. all the time for anybody. Well, so you've already started. It's already. We'll see. Yeah. We're, it's, I feel like it's, it's, yeah, I mean, there's something happening every day, but it's also, things aren't done yet. It's in a weird spot right now. Yeah. But, um, I don't know, I feel, I feel good about it. I, it's nice being here. Mm-hmm. Like just physically being here. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's kind of, I'm personally, I don't know if I personally have anything I really want out of it. I guess I would hope it would just be successful, not really because I think there's any money from it, just purely because I put so much time and effort. Yeah. I mean, a decade of, you know, risk and self-sacrifice and not knowing if it's going to work and doing shit I never thought I would have done before. Mm-hmm. And for it to all just go to shit would would break my heart right so i just hope it's just you know so you want it to be up and running and thriving that's all yeah i'd be be super happy yeah that's i'm already happy that we're here and we're chatting and things are happening i'm just happy to be alive first of all i hear it and um if this place was to start really pumping and like there's there's a constant pulse like just a beating heart of creativity that's all I could ask for. Yeah. You know. Well, yeah. it's happening. Thanks. It <laughs> we'll is. See. I mean, like, yeah, it's we'll all. It's, it's weird being in the thick of it. Um, it's, yeah, you know, and I live here. And it's just, it's, a, it's really, it's interesting living in a giant warehouse, but. But somebody's got to do it. Yeah. It's cool. Mm-hmm. It's cool. I dig it. Um, yeah. I don't know. I dig it. Me too. I wonder, I don't know if, uh, man, I don't know. I, I, th- I think about like when I met you and. It's when we recorded at the old location. Yeah. Yeah. What was that? Like 2015. 15. Just crazy. That was five years ago. Yeah. Jeez. It does not feel like it's been that long. Mm-mm. Yeah. It's crazy. Things so many things change but then so many things don't at the same time um and so much is i mean so much just on a just knowing you and both of us have probably changed a lot since then thank god but um i don't know the i feel like a lot of people's purpose and what they do (laughs) kind of stays it just sticks that doesn't tend to change Mm mm-hmm 
you know, I feel like the reason you play music has been the same. It's been the forever, same. Right? Yeah. Since you started playing. Yeah. And some, I can't even explain it other than I have to do it. Like people ask me that and they say, why do you do it? And I, I, I don't, I couldn't, because I, I, I have to. Yeah. It's you just know, output. It, it's just. So the world's just going like this. Make music. Exactly. And like, yeah. I can't help it. Yeah. And so sometimes people ask me, they, they ask for advice. They say, well, you know, how, how do you get started? You know, why is it that you're an artist? It's because you have no choice. Yeah. You know, like there's so many times where I ask myself, why are you doing this? And then I remind myself it's because I have no choice. This is the only thing that makes me feel like myself. Yeah, fulfills you. Exactly. And so... I'm grateful that I found it, but there, it's definitely challenging, but I have no choice. And I feel like, <clears throat> excuse me, it's like what you said, you know, you just want this to be up and running and you made that choice and you're doing it. You know, I'm happy in doing, if I'm doing it, that's when I'm good. Yeah. I don't think about the result, you know, and of course that's like a great byproduct of your work, but I like doing the work. That's when I'm the happiest, you know, yeah. just like, balls deep doing it whether it's yeah. on tour whether it's writing if it's counting merch the act of keeping Working this on it. alive is that's my fulfillment that's my joy so of course fuck yeah yeah so it's like when you say that's why i asked you that you know what do you want from this and you basically said that is that you want it to be functioning and running which yeah it's yeah. it's not about the result and yeah. for me if i was worried about that again I would have quit so long ago. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'm glad I haven't. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. No, you're, you're totally right. And, um, I wonder if I would feel, yeah, I mean, it's more, it's like that saying you don't choose who you love, you know, it's yeah. like, you can, I don't think you can choose what you love either. So or sometimes just being like, honest can I, about I what you love. love couldn't mm. I just have fallen in love with biology or fucking, engineering or some shit where it's just this really nice clear-cut right road to stability why couldn't i f fall in love with that but there's just no i you could not pay me a million dollars to convince myself to enjoy biology i just wouldn't not saying that it's not cool i wish i could right i'm not bagging on biology but it's just it's the same music it's just music for me you can't there's something about it. it it's just that's what i love i love it right it just speaks to me not even just playing it, just listening to it, mm -hmm. being around it. I'm just, it's inspiring. Right. It's grounding for me. I think that's why I like it. It's really grounding. It fulfills you. So I don't, I'm with you. Yeah. In the same way. I question if, <coughs> I question what, if falling in love with music was something that was perpetuated by me mm -hmm. or if it was perpetuated by something external. You I know what I mean? Maybe both. It could be a reaction to something external. I know that that was for me. It was the only thing that I found in a time where I was like, well, nobody fucking understands me. And then through records, I was like, damn, they're just as pissed off as I am. Or, you know, somebody would say something in such a clear way. I was like, they understand me. Yeah. And I think externally, that's definitely what led me maybe to the type of music I was attracted to. Just because I felt like such an outsider and that's what connected me to something and then ultimately completely shaped my whole life, you yeah. know, w going to shows, the people I met, it just, it 
gave me a purpose. For sure. And I think people, I mean, not even I think, people, you're searching for a purpose usually your whole life. Yeah. You know? And to me, as soon as I found it, I was like, done. Not done as like my, my life's purpose yeah, no, is just, over. It, it all made, this is, I found the fucking right. pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. It's my religion, you know? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I'm the like, same way. That's what it is. And that's why it's so easy for me to connect with people who are on that level about music because, I mean, I've sacrificed so much for this thing that I love. And so when, I, when I'm around like-minded people, it's just easier, you know? Mm-hmm. But it's completely gave me purpose. Yeah. And I think when I see people thriving in it, it's because they feel that too. Yeah. You can't explain it, you know. Why do you sit in a van for 18 hours to go drive to some show and play for 30 minutes to get back in a van and sleep in a hotel room with five dudes? And then drive again. Because I fucking love it. And rinse and repeat. Absolutely. <laughs> and it's like so many people are like, aren't you too old for that? And it's like, cool. Have fun at your desk job. Yeah. Like, yeah. And I yeah. love it. You know, like, I don't know. I just think following your purpose and your bliss is so risky, but yeah, then but you have to, or you're going to be unhappy. <clears throat> yeah, I know. But that's you why so to. many people are unhappy I and know. they freak out when they turn 40 and they're like, what is my life like? And it's like, you should have thought about that when you were 23, you know, and I'm not like criticizing anybody, yeah, but it's yeah. like, I, I just think I always make this joke. Like if I listened to everybody's advice on what I should be, I'd be married, living in Santa Monica. And I'd be like a graphic designer for a real estate company. Yeah. What the, what the fuck does that like? That's so not me. Yeah. <clears throat> and I just think like knowing yourself and just knowing what's going to make you happy. And I'm so grateful. I figured that out at a young age and just didn't listen to everybody. Yeah. Of course, like, there's times where you question yourself, but, like, how you talk about, like, being fearless, like, that's the one thing that I'm really glad that I have. It's, that part of my brain is broken, and I know that, and I think, you know, it's like when you see, like, skateboarders or, like, crazy athletes do these things, you're like, how do they do that? It's like, because they don't think about the risk. Yeah. You know, or they're just so prepared. I, I don't know. That's how I feel. It's just, I don't really think about that. Yeah. I think that's what everyone strives for. I still strive for that. I mean, that's just, to me, that's living in the moment. That's seizing the day. Right. That's carpe diem all the way, you know? Yeah. Um, that's five cups of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's carp. Yeah. Let's get this shit done. <laughs> Man, I fucking, I don't know. I catch myself all the time. But I'm also like super fucking obsessional. So I'll be like. But I think a lot of musicians are. I'm like, Wow. I'll be really inspired just by thinking that did you ever just go on Zillow and look at houses in some place you just want to live? Cause you're just like, fuck everybody. Fuck the world. Fuck Los Angeles. This is bullshit. It's I just really want to, I just want a little hut on the beach and just want to fucking sell snow cones and just fucking live in yes. peace, change my name and just fuck all y'all. As I was waiting for you to open the gate, I was sitting there and I was Google searching on Zillow. I was like, how much is it to live here? Cause like instantly I came over the bridge. I'm like, damn, it's nice here. And like, I, I love where I live right now, but like you can tell it's going to get crazy. And yeah. yeah. So I do have that like Zillow, like I'm going to just like start looking at these houses. It's fun. 
It's like a game. It's fun. Yeah, of course. It's fun. And it's like, it's great to see how much things cost. I think it's important to like know, you know? For sure. It's fun. It's like uh, a little side hobby, you know? Interesting. I do that shit. I go, I go very deep down a rabbit Like, how hole. deep are we talking? Deep, like, I will research the best public schools if I ever have kids. Oh, so you get I'll into research, the, like, I'll the research, uh, yeah, oh, yeah, I'll research, like, when the house was sold last. Okay. And, like, I'll Google search the actual address and see if there's any fucking murders there or so anything That's weird. That's fun. I'll f- Google search, like, cheapest, most affordable place to live by a beach. right. And like figure out where location wise I could be. That's all year round, so it's right. not like seasonal. Mm-hmm. And then I'll just focus on that. T- and then I'll have this weird dream where if if I ever just decide to say fuck it, I'm gonna right. go to this place and just fucking it's your fucking re- start my life and yeah. become this like really sh- you know like suited guy with a desk job. Like that shit inspires. Like just thinking about it inspires me. Well, like wow, I have. I could do that if I wanted to. And Maybe. That's what I always tell. <laughs> I'll fuck with myself. But you can. And I'll that's the thing. I think of this whole other life of like being this really stable guy. Yes. Because I've never been that way. And no. I just, it just sounds nice, you know? And that's why when my friends, when my musician friends or any of my, my creatives, as we were saying earlier, my creative friends like start panic. I'm like, you know what? If you want money, you can just focus on that. You can get one of those. You can like really break it down. You can get all of that. But you know what you can't get from that is feeling satisfied. Yeah. So when they start freaking out about money, exactly how you said it, it's like this fantasy, you can just break it down and figure it out. So like, yeah, the fuck it plan of like moving somewhere else and like having this like double life of like, I'm going to be a CEO. I think <laughs> it's like, yeah. that's like some weird fantasy of stability. That's funny that you flipped that. But like, it is stable though, desk I, job is like, is what you f- you're like, wow, what would that be like? Yeah. I've like, there's times I'll go to a Chipotle and I'll just be really jealous of the people working there. I'm I like, know, you know, like stability. That's so cool that you just know you work this amount of hours, right. you make that amount of money. That's what you do. It's so black and white. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, I fucking you know I yearn for that in my funny, life. It's funny cuz I feel I feel that for some reason when I go into a um I don't know why. There's a UPS store right by my house. Whenever I go in there, the guy there's like three guys and they they're listening to like I think it's because like they're always having discussion about what record they're listening to and I'm always like I always want to like start chime in, chime in but yeah. I'm like don't <laughs> do it. This is supposed to be an errand. So yeah. I'll just sit there I'm like Oh God. And then it just looks fun because they're doing something else. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's the only place that I go to where I'm like, that doesn't seem that bad. You're just hanging out. I mean, I'm sure Yeah. it's, I'm sure they get stressed out too, but I know what you mean. It's that like, that's straight up of a job of just like, I'm going to get a paycheck at the end of the day. What's tricky for me is that satisfaction is such a, it's a very slow burning dull to me yeah when you're really satisfied right. with your life and what you're doing with yourself mm-hmm. it's not um bright and in your face and you really have to think you have to like dig mm-hmm. and bring out the dusters and magnifying glasses and yeah be, oh yeah i think i do like doing this this is good yeah for me at least it's right. not this big extravagant fiery burning thing that's in my heart all day no like, i'm satisfied i'm satisfied i'm so satisfied 
there's it's very dull for me and yeah. I, there's times i'll forget that i'm satisfied and i'll i'll start thinking like wow i don't own anything in this world of course of value i don't like and it's easy to start comparing yourself to other people but well, doesn't matter look to where you. they're at look at me i'm yeah living in a warehouse trying to sell cassette tapes like what the fuck's happening with my Hell life yeah what the fuck's you know, I have no money. I owe the IRS money. Right. How the fuck am I? What's going to happen with me? Like, I, what? you know what I mean? The uncertainty, uncertainty of it all. Yeah. Definitely that's the big show. Mm -hmm. That's the big, the dancers and the fucking right. uncertain, for me at least. I see it all day. Of course. Um, but what you said is the satisfaction is that's the quiet guy and in the corner of the room mm -hmm. that you've known mm -hmm. forever that's was there when you made the choice you made to do right. what you're doing mm -hmm. that just kind of you know it's just a little wink like yeah i'm here right i'm here you're doing what you're doing for a reason right obviously so don't forget that but it's very uh, it's very dull it's for the me. keep it's, going voice it's the keep going voice there's just yeah the times when you can't hear it Mm -hmm. and you really believe that maybe it's not there anymore of course is uh scary well because then you start questioning your direction and that's i mean if you feel like you don't have direction what's the point to me it's that mm -hmm. bleak like yeah i love having purpose and meaning so it's if all of a sudden you know you don't have that will to go on of course it's kind of a game changer because you're you start to question everything that you have done and then if you want to continue yeah yeah i've had that before many times yeah it's a weird it's a weird one sorry to get so deep on. i this. love this no i think because i think a lot of this making music and making art there's so much will involved and it, it's so intense and i think if you're doing it right it should be this intense all the time yeah you know, and like, of course, it's super fun, but like, yeah, like we said, it's so risky, you know, and it's emotional and it's ultimately self-expression. And so people are so complicated. Like, I'm so yeah. complicated. Sometimes I like, I'll say something to my boyfriend. I'm like, oh, I'm so annoying. Like, I'll like hear myself <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, yeah, I can't even I can't even hear what I'm saying. So like just being a person, you know, it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It is tough. <laughs> um, what I, I always kind of sort of end the podcast with asking what you're listening to. Ooh. So <clears throat> what were you listening to anything literally on the way here yes. today? So I do this thing where I'll find a new song and I'll become obsessed with it that I'll just like, li like just listen That's to all it you listen all to day until it's just so worn like you just know every word yeah to every part okay so there's this band there's french band called dogs dogs from like the 70s d-o-g-s yeah and they okay. have this song most forgotten french boy it is so catchy and they have like two great songs in my opinion but like this song it you know when like a lead guitar part might as well just be the voice of the song yeah it's so melodic that it's just like it's crazy yeah so I was listening to that, and then last night I found this band um, called The Dish Rags, this all-girl Vancouver punk band that I didn't know. There was this crazy tour that The Clash did with Bo Diddley, hmm. where Bo Diddley got, like, booed off the stage. 
Like when he sang, you know, the song, Who Do You Love? Yeah. The crowd was like the clash and they like threw shit at him. Wow. So on that tour, um, this girl band, the dish rags opened for them and I had never heard of them. And so I found them and just went, I love finding new bands, especially yeah. like older bands. And so I've been listening to them too. Crap. I'm yeah. going to look them up right now. Yeah. Li- like, it's crazy. Like are they're they even, are so they even on, good. Is it super obscure? Like are they even on they're Spotify on, or they're anything? They're not on like? Spotify, but they're on, listen to them on um, YouTube. YouTube. It was like crazy. Cause I was like, I love girl punk and I can't believe I, I'd never heard of them. The dish rags. The dish rags. One word. They're so good. And knowing Love you. Love is shit? Yeah, that's it. Is that it? Yeah. And there's a cool live video of them, but like the singer has like the best attitude. It's so perfect. Yes. Imagine seeing this band open for the fucking clash. Yeah, it'd be fucking nuts. 79 is such a ripe year, oh, too. Oh my God. And that tour is just so infamous. It's perfect. It's a three-piece. Yeah, it's badass. It's so good. I love those harmonies. Um, if you want to play that other song that I've been obsessed with. Dogs? It's just dogs. And then um, it's called Most Forgotten French Boy. God damn it. I love this song. Most Forgotten French Boy. Dogs and Most Forgotten French Boy. Has this ever happened to you? It yeah, it sounds good. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know they were on a car. Yeah, it's like a, it's a spoken word. <laughs> The guitar part, I, this band kills me. This has got to be like, yeah, 82. I feel About, like this, this is like, your wheelhouse. This early 80s is like, I love it. It's so good. Yeah, I wish I was alive, like my age now back right. then. I love this song. It's so sad but happy. They have another song. I love that song. album artwork. Yeah, they have another song that's great, too. Too Much Class for the Neighborhood. That's what I'm talking about. That's the, the album name, yeah. So good. You want to yeah, hear their other really hit? Good. It's sure, so good. yeah, what is it? Um, Be My Lover. Be My Lover. One more time. This one's so sad. Dogs be my lover, yeah. Oh. The chorus is just so sweet. Because he kind of sings out of tune, but it's it feels so genuine. Yeah, it's just the feelings there. It's just so good. And that, that line, just yeah. be my lover one more time. Come on. A little xylophone. Who plays cool. the xylophone? Yeah, that's pretty, pretty heady. But I've been getting French, French punk. Interesting. You know, this reminds me of a band called The Scientists. I love The Scientists. It reminds me of a band, uh, what the fuck are they called? It really reminds me of The Scientists. What the fuck is the other band called? American or English? No, they're Australian. Uh, man, this really now throwing me that know. vibe. This is really throwing me that vibe. What are they called? They were friends. They played shows with the scientists. You'd be absolutely obsessed with them if you've never heard of them. What the fuck? <laughs> oh. Just look it up. 
I don't even know how I would look like, it up. Like, I bet there, if they played together, I bet there's like a show flyer of like scientists and yeah. mystery band. They're so good. Holy shit. It really is throwing me this vibe. Okay. Uh, how good is this song? Really good. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, really good. When I heard this, like, I was obsessed. This was the first song I was obsessed with. And then I found the other one. And I was just like, Were they big in France? Like, I don't were even they, know. I, it sounds I like a pretty high before. quality production. But I, they're on. They are on Spotify, and like, it's not like a crazy. Dang, it yeah. sounds great. Catchy. Yeah. I'm trying to see. Um, man, this is gonna. The Saints. Oh, one of my favorite bands. The Saints. Yeah. Throwing me the Saints vibe. Yeah, the Saints. Are they Are they New Zealand or Australia? Um. Maybe I'm just fucking. Maybe they're from the states. I'm pretty sure they're Australian. I think I'm they are Australian. Australian. But man, that's one of the greatest punk singers of all time. Like he, like they kill. I love they them. They slay. Yeah, yeah, like. They fucking slay. They're so good. Yeah, the scientists. And. They played um, at Zebulon, I think. The Saints. Last year. Not, really? not the Saints. The scientists. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember everybody yeah. was like losing their mind. That's cool. I couldn't and, get in. And it's throwing me also a band called The Boyfriends. Where are they from? LA, but I don't, for some reason, I can never look them up. Because it's like, it's like one of those perfect, like, generic word yeah. band names that's so it, good, but hard to find. Yeah, and they're not on Spotify. Yeah. So it's, there's one killer fucking song. <sighs> what are they from the 80s? Yeah, same, it's like 82, 81, something like that. I can never find... Are they like, like power pop? More power pop, yeah, but... Okay. Uh, anyways, The Boyfriends. I'll have to find the song. And okay. There's, there's one specific one that's really good. Was that them? Uh, this is all them, yeah. Uh, I think it's this wrapped up in a dream. I fucking love this song so okay, much. Okay, that guitar, the, this song's so rad already. I don't know why I was thrown. I just feel like the production is similar that, as that dog song. Are they American? Yeah, American. They were in a band called uh, The Poppies. The Poppies. Before The Boyfriend. And they broke up too and started this band. Okay. The Poppies were like a 80s band, but they were a Beatles okay. like throwback band. So were they like a Paisley Underground band? The Poppies? Yeah. Damn, this is so catchy. Oh, it's like the catchiest. This is The Boyfriend? Yeah. This is so good. So good. The boyfriends, yeah. Wrapped up in a dream. Really good show. Where are they? Are, are they from Los Angeles? Yeah, pretty sure. I gotta find them. Uh, <laughs> it says that, <laughs> you can see on the cover there's like a fan. They had a fan uh, page or fan mail thing. Like send your a PO box. Yeah. So good. So funny. Um, there's also this other song I'm obsessed with. If you want to go pure bubblegum, sure. Um, God, it's such a good chorus. Wow, sounds great. Yeah, I know. It's like really informative, you know. It's about Canada. 
sounds so good. That's why I like DJing because with other people because then you get to find out. You you know, fuck this song. I love you. This song. It, it's so catchy. Andy Kim. Never heard this. The chorus. So good. Huh. Yeah, somebody showed this to me cover. when I was yeah, him with the dog. Yeah. So pretty. It's so. This voice is so. It's like butter. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. You hear this, I'm like, I fucking suck at singing. <laughs> it's fine. I love like men that sing buttery like that. Yeah. I mean, that's what a fucking gift. Like a buttery I'm, I, man. It just makes me. I'm like. You know, and a guy can make me feel... It's beautiful. I mean, guys really cool. can make me feel like that. Well, you know what I mean? But I'm like, a, you know, a guy to a guy. Oh, like, yeah. this guy's voice is amazing. It's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, this is rad. So good. Have you ever heard that band, The DBs? Yeah, I love The DBs. I, I figured, I was like, he's a DBs fan. Oh, love The DBs. Yeah, I went into yeah. like a wormhole of that. They're so good. Super good. Yeah. Super weird. Stuff for their time. I feel like they're really ahead of their time. I've been listening to Nick Lowe too. Yeah. I feel like I'm late on that train. So Nick I, Lowe's great. I'm trying to like revisit some people that like I kind of just came to him on my own. Yeah. But I feel like my friends who like are like songwriters, they love him. Yeah, you know? he's definitely a prolific songwriter. Um, and Cruel to Be Kind is like his big hit. But that album, Pop for. There's like six pictures of him in the different color backgrounds. That's my favorite of his albums. Pop art one. Yeah, I think it's called Pop for. Look it up. Okay. Pop for something. Oh, and then also to talk new music. Um, have you heard that band Chubby in the Gang? No. Holy moly, they're so good. Okay, I'm gonna check My boyfriend showed me that band and we like geeked out. It's huh. they're so good. Okay. What are they called? Chubby and the gang. I love this song. Jesus of Cool, that's the name of the album. Sorry, I don't know why I thought it was Jesus of Cool. Really good album. That's the one that I've been listening to. Actually, it's funny, I haven't looked at the album art though. Oh, classic. Yeah. Okay. Really cool album. Chubby in the gang. God Chubby damn. in the gang. What song? Any song? Just, just anyone. I think they only have one album. Speed Kills. That sounds like a good title for a song. It just sounds so good. I love hearing a band where it just sounds timeless. Yeah. Like this to me, it's like on like. Yeah, this would be fucking awesome. It just feels like crazy. And yeah. that's like, man, I, I'm really excited about this band. Yeah. Chubby in the gang. Yeah. I don't this even know. Dope. Let me. I don't have my phone, but I hope they come here soon. Yeah. I think they're super good. Because I like hearing a recording. You're like, I want to see this band live. It doesn't happen that often, but this band, I'm like, they're like exploding out yeah. of the speakers. Like, yeah. Yeah. So you can't even imagine this live. Like, oh my. Yeah, and they sound God. really tight too. I know. I mean, well, like, I like that it's called Speed tight. Kills. Yeah, Speed Kills. <laughs> it's <Fucking> perfect. <laughs> Get some people chiming in on the live feed. Oh, who is it? American Pancake said, Channel Zero is a rad track. Like a crashed 
car of Berlin and missing persons, kind of, but really its own. Damn. That's a huge comp. I love missing persons. That's a, yeah, that's, that's great. I lo- thank you, American Pancake. Monosonic juke joint sent a heart. I heart you back. Monosonic. Adam Sky said, you might like the cigarettes. The Saints. Aussie. Aussie band, yeah. Uh, they are Aussie. Okay. Radio Birdman was cool. I fucking me. love Radio Birdman. Okay. I have a song totally, like the demo was called like Radio Bullshit because it was like a ripoff of a Radio Birdman oh, really? song. <laughs> and so it, some of the song titles that, uh, yeah. So yeah, I love Radio Birdman. They're nice. great. Adam Sky said, FYI, I discovered a great mid 80s power pop bands. Let's act it. Let's active water part um i'm gonna look that is up is that the name of the band or i don't know let's active water's part hmm. okay i'm gonna look this up adam let's active thank you adam sky That's such a weird let's active that sounds like a band from the aughts let's active water parts oh they have a music video there's that Chorus, oh, chorusy guitar. Yeah, that's so Wyatt. <laughs> that, like, that like just, just put a little chorus on the guitar, like put a little chorus, like, add a little up. acoustic in the back, and like. Yeah, that's all it's. You there. got me. Yeah, I literally, I was like, <laughs> there. It's that that combo. Now this is cool. What years is from? Doesn't say. He said Adam says mid eighties. Crazy. About right. it sounds good. It's always funny to me like about power. This is look at look at those hair dudes. I've never heard of this band. Me either. What a weird. Let's active. Yeah. It sounds like a like I'm saying something wrong. Yeah. Let's active. I can never sing through SM58. When people can do it, I'm like, it's crazy because it's like such a dead sound. Super dead. Do you bring your own mic to shows? I should because I wonder why I'm sick all the time. Uh. Um. I should. Oh, no, no, no. That's a SM57. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, I think I should start doing it because I, like I said, I get sick all the time on tour. Yeah, and you I should bring like, your own mic for sure. Yeah. I know. It's I, worth I, it. I think it will make me seem more pro. <laughs> Excuse me. Let me plug in my own microphone. I would do it just for the fucking yeah. not getting sick part. Yeah, I, I'm working on that as we discussed earlier. I'm working on not getting sick. This is great. I've never Adam's, heard of them. Adam said 1984. Na- where are okay. they from, Adam? Yeah, where are they from? I'm going to guess... I don't know. This is a tricky one. But see, the thing is, like, all these guys sing with an accent. So I know. Even that's if why they're I from, don't, like, I don't know. Chicago. It sounds kind of Brit to me, but I don't know. Power pop's funny to me because, like, the genre to me is always, like, it's kind of overlooked and it's, like, so niche. But to me, they're the catchiest songs of all time. Yeah, I agree. And it's, like, I, agree. I don't understand why. I think that's part of the genre is being overlooked. Maybe. You know I, I think mean? a lot of people think it's cheeky. I feel like the whole cheeky thing went out of style in the 90s. Yeah. It's never really come back. You know? Yeah, but a good song is a good song. I tend to agree with that. I know what you mean. The cheekiness. It's a fine line. You know what I mean? Line. Like, I feel like the 70s and 80s had a lot of cheekiness, and it was kind of cool to be cheeky. Right. And I really honestly think since the 90s, there just hasn't been one band that's cheeky that's been really cool. Honestly, Matt and Kim. 
is a really cool um, kind of cheeky pop band. Right. But there's never been a band like mainstream that's it, very from cheeky. From the 90s? And on. Damn, that's a good question. You know what I mean? Cheekiness. I feel like power pop really died kind of. Well, it's still around and it's still thriving, but right. in a, on a mainstream level, it kind of fizzled out in the 90s. My Would opinion. you say that? No. Oh, I don't know. The Strokes? No, because they're. That's a really good question. Now I like. I want to think about that. Like. Think about it. I think about it all the time. Because yeah, the the early thousands, to me, like that's when songwriting got good again. Like. It did. I don't think it was. It was. I don't think it was cheeky. Though. It wasn't it cheeky because was, grunge got rid of that. It was more like singer songwriter to right. me. Like. Uh, yeah, who would be cheeky? I don't know. I mean, maybe more. It became more. Because to me, like power pop music, even like this, has a cheekiness to it. Well, Tom Petty you know? in the '90s, he True. was kind of cheeky. True, but I don't think he. I don't think when people think of Tom Petty, they don't. I don't think people think cheeky. See, I do. I think you power do? pop. Really? Yeah. I think like classic rock. I think maybe because like that's what it became. But like writer. to me, like God. Um, let me let me play you. Oh yeah. Dang, that's a heavy riff right there. Those guys are fucking around. I think it's because because of like where. I, to me, he's just pure power pop. I think I agree with you. So like, but I feel like he didn't get big from. I guess he did. Maybe I guess you're right. Like this song to me. Also, I have this on like a weird oh, yeah, German yeah, yeah. punk compilation. So when you hear it, like with all of it, you're like, yeah, this is like yeah, total. Just I like, know this one. This is super power pop. It's so yeah. damn good. Like, yeah. people are like, fuck Tom Petty. I'm like, are you fucking? I don't know how anyone crazy. Yeah, he's fucking genius. Yeah, and like to me, this is just power pop and yeah. so damn catchy. Um, yeah, shit's great. Yeah, but power pop, a lot of people just are like, eh. But there's so many yeah. good songs. I know. I'm a sucker for it. Me I too. didn't choose it, I just love it. I just always have yeah. my shit. I love all music, but the power pop stuff's like just throwing gum on a wall. It's so sticky. And it's so catchy, like yeah. and melodic, like there's so many good songs from that genre. This song's so good. Adam says, trust me, look up the band The Sunny Boys. Okay. Is it sunny like... The Sunny Boys. And then the Simon Williams says, The Sunny Boys, for sure. Okay. So right. he's backing him. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. All right, you guys. You guys are schooling me. The Sunny Boys, full album. Is it S-O-N-N-Y? S-U-N-N-Y, like The Sunny Boys. Alone With You. Seems like this is their big hit. Where are they from? Australia. Okay. Oh, I know this tune. Yeah. This is great shit. Someone just showed me this recently. Really? Yeah. Such a good accent. Yeah, it sounds super good. Yeah. Wow, it's like a Farfisa. 
definitely a part piece. It's just throwing me some like, cheap, like 007 vibes or something. It's, it's got like cool. an espionage spy thing. I'm always jealous of bands that can harmonize that well. Yeah, they're like, tight. Um, like, you know the Resonars? Oh my god, yeah. He's the king of harmonies. Like, I... It's bonkers. I was... We were talking about that on tour. Like, crazy, like, obscure bands that, like, can harmonize. And I threw... I was like, guys, I got this. And I put that on and everybody was quiet. Because, like, also, like, melodically, yeah. that band is insane. Yeah. Like, he's a fucking genius. He's a genius. Like... Trust me, I try and tell everyone... And I think he's like one of the last living geniuses on it's this planet. It's crazy. And uh, his guy is a genius. Yeah. And it was fun. Like, does he still have a studio? Yeah. So cool. I went, I think he's such a genius that on my last full length album, I went, drove to Tucson yeah. just to do vocals with him. Yeah. I had the whole thing recorded. And I was just like, dude, I, I really want your help. And it would not have sounded anything like that if it went for him. No. Anyways. That's a that's Ooh. a part of somebody's brain where I truly think you hear shit because you can't really train your brain to to do that. Yeah, it's a pretty natural thing. I think you either have it or you don't. Yeah, I have a blind spot. Like I can do it if somebody shows me, but like I don't hear it. Yeah, and like that to you. me is like I actually like that I don't have that because when somebody comes in, it's more fun to collaborate. For sure. So like my weaknesses, I'm always like, well, that's cool. That means somebody better can come in and do it. For sure. Yeah. You know what's crazy though? I've done vocals with Matt probably three times for mm -hmm. three different records. And every single time I leave yeah. and I come home and I do my do vocals on my own, yeah. I swear to God, I'm like 10 times better at finding Because harmonies. he taught you? Because I think he taught me. Yeah. I actually that's think great. he's taught me a fuckload. Yeah. And now I'm... I'm not, I'm not that great at harmonies, but I'm way better now than I was How before I met him. How did he teach you? Like, By making me sing shit over and over and oh. finding the fucking... So to actually like identify like how to get in yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I'm always like, well, give me, give yeah, it to yeah. me and I'll do it. But like, I just think some people are just naturally... Yeah. I, it's, like, have it. I know. <clears throat> I got to play a Resonar song now. Yeah, because like, for real, like, I... He's so good, and like the harmonies, and even just his band—they're so yeah, good. They're so good. Like, like somebody—they were like, "What year is this from?" Again, it's that like timeless thing that I love. Like when a band makes a timeless-sounding record, not just like yeah. it's trying to be retro, just you cannot place it. It's timeless to me. Yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, shit's so good. Yeah, and he's such so a good much. singer. I—I've never seen them live. But I recorded oh my God, with him. So good. Holy yeah. Shit. Those vocals, like, get out of town with that. Yeah. What the fuck? And doesn't he record on um, that weird tape? Yeah, ADAT. Yeah. What the hell is that? It's like VHS. It's, it's so a weird, weird. Yeah, it's a weird machine. It's an eight-track. VHS. But it's not like I know when he's like, yeah, we're gonna record on this. I was like, what the hell is yeah, that? But it sounds really. It cool. does sound good. It was like yeah. one of the last analog recorders from the '80s. Probably the '80s, yeah. Probably one of the last ones before computers took over. Okay, it's super cool, yeah. and I actually never recorded that way. It is cool. You can chain a bunch of those machines together. Yeah. I have like four VHSs rolling at the same time and have 24 tracks. 
so emo- whoa. Yeah, that's, that's the cool. thing. I was so, cool about it. You can connect them into each other. That's and smart. And run all of them simultaneously. But imagine having that, yeah, having one, all that shit. and then all of a sudden getting 24 tracks. I actually think sometimes it's not a good thing. Yeah. But, I, I tend to agree. Yeah, unless, I mean, unless you know how to have a little restraint. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, but that must have been so cool to, like, piece it together and be like, I have 24 tracks Crazy now. Crazy shit. Yeah. At, like, studios probably in the late 80s. I'm guessing maybe early 90s. That's what they were. Or ADAT studios, really. Really? The tools and computers were so fucking expensive. Right. But yeah, that was, like, what you would see a lot. Not I just, think. like, one you see, like, a board. few. Like, a board and a few of those VHS ah, that you got didn't know that. Yeah. Weird machine. It sounds good. It sounds really good. It sounds super cool. Yeah. The Simon says, the stems at first sight. I fucking love that song, Simon. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Simon says, listen to the stems. The scientists, frantic, romantic, yep, classic. The dentists. I love the dentists, Adam. Adam. Sky. Adam Sky. All right. We'll end with this stem song okay. at first sight. This is really good shit. Okay. I don't think I know this song. And they're also Australian, I'm pretty sure. What was going on down there? I don't know. All this Something power in the water. <laughs> Shit's great. And I love this video, too. Take a Bud Light so Seltzer. Yeah, sure thing. What's this? It's Bud Light Seltzer Mango. Mango? Mango? Have we All right. See, they're going to rock you, but not too hard. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> they're just kids. They're yeah, rocking you softly. Videos. I went through, through a huge stems phase. Of course, I was like, where's the Rickenbacker? Uh, there it is. Yep, there it <laughs> the is. The black and white Rickenbacker, yep. that's what you know. Yep. Can't fake that sound. He's the a good makes it. The Rickenbacker is such a distinct guitar sound to me. It's, yeah, it's perfect. I have a Rick, but... I don't play it. It's a 12-string. Oh, it's like my favorite guitar ever made, 12-string Rex. It's such I'd a be too scared bitch. to take that out. I don't. It's yeah. like, and then to tune it takes like fucking forever. Like, yeah. Ding, 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 ding. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then by the time you tune it, you're like, I don't even want to play anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's the, there's the black turtleneck. Yep. This is hitting all the marks for me. The sunglasses, oh, sure. the black turtleneck, <laughs> the Rickenbacker. The music videoness of it all. Oh. Love this shit. Yeah, this is so great. Good. I love this. Thank you, Andy. Was this a Andy Sky? This was a... a Simon. 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 Williams. Thank you, Simon Williams. I'm going to go home and listen to the stems. <laughs> we were saying we don't know what was going on like, to make the music. And Simon said his 80s drugs was what was going on. <laughs> Wait, what? 80s <laughs> We were drugs? saying, like, what's going on in the 80s in Australia, and he was saying the 80s dr- drugs. drugs was going on. Well. <laughs> true. Thank, yeah. I appreciate I appreciate it, guys. <laughs> well, thanks for coming by. Hey, this was fun. Any, anytime you want to just hang out or do another one of these. Absolutely. Um, I'll just leave this one playing. Okay. But uh, thanks for chatting, yeah. you guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. You too. <laughs>